Wait, who's who's bringing this in? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gabe and Walt Show. Uh, we've taken <laughs> we've taken a bit of a break now, haven't we? Yes, we don't we even know how to. We might have even forgotten how to do a podcast. <laughs> we have. We don't even know how to start this thing anymore. So, <laughs> but that's good. It's it's all good. Um, I'm Walt, and I'm here with my Gabe. Gabe, I mean, it's called the Gabe and Walt Show for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's up, guys? It's been a while. It has, it has. Uh, but there's, you know, there's no. I don't think that there's a better time <laughs> to come back to the show than now. I mean, being a New York sports fan is something special, right here, right now. Now, before we continue, I think you know. Before we get on, we gotta, you know, give our little spiel. Please go ahead, like, rate, share, and subscribe. Uh, to the podcast, um, there's a little thing that we're trying to to get going, and uh, we can't do it without you guys. Yep. But as I alluded to earlier, it's a wonderful time to be a New York sports fan. I mean, the, after this draft, the Nets are out of the playoffs. The Nets are, you know, <laughs> the Nets are in New York. The Nets are Brooklyn. Um, but baseball is in full swing. All roads in baseball leads to New York. Um, and it seems like anyone's yeah. gate to the playoffs or the World Series is going to have to come through here through New York, which is an amazing thing, um, something that I don't feel like has been felt here in such a long time. And then the draft for both New York local teams, the Jets and the Giants, holy crap. The draft was, I think, sensational considering considering all the uh, stuff that we went through in the offseason the past few years and 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 – the fact that the draft, I think, wasn't so remarkable as far as like standouts go. The the Jets and the Giants they play chess. Yeah, I, I told you this 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 draft was not going to be a sexy draft because we didn't have the star quarterbacks or the the consensus number one pick. But this is a draft that people will look back at and they'll they'll say you know what this is a foundational draft this is the draft mm-hmm. where you saw not you didn't see hall of famers but you saw superstars and superstars across the board and i think that's yeah. the thing that was the most um the most extraordinary about this draft is that even when you were getting down into the further the further rounds there were still people there that you're like wow this guy's still out there you know yeah, so, yeah. Um, it, it's kind of ironic because we had a crazy, we had a crazy playoffs this past year. the The off season was completely crazy and wild, and now this draft was just off the hook. So, football right now is hitting on all gears, all cylinders right now, in my opinion. So, so where do we start? Do we start with the draft? Do we start with baseball? Um, well, let's, at, give, let's give baseball a shout out because we haven't done baseball in a while and baseball is you know, we're right into this. Yeah, hot. we're we're about 25, 30 games into the season. So we're a good chunk in, you know, we're, we're I mean, starting right. to see so what I need, the teams I, I need are looking to, like. I need to kind of take over here because it's been a minute since I've been able to like kind of, you know, revel in the glory that is being a Yankees fan. Yeah. And it's been a long time since the Yankees fan felt like a championship team. I'm not saying that they are just yet, but I really feel like this is what it feels like to be a championship team because we got everything squared away. We got, we have pit, we have starting pitching. We have a like, Almost like it seems like a bulletproof bullpen. Our, we're hitting top center and bottom of the order. Uh, I, it, defensively, we're playing amazing. Uh, and managing is, is, is unbelievable. I feel like every single thing that we've been complaining about, or that people, I can't say we, that people have been complaining about over the last couple of years, it's, it's just, I mean, even Joey Gallo and Gleyber Torres, they're hitting. I mean, the reason the reason that we won tonight against the Blue Jays uh, is because of Gleyber Torres, somebody that everyone in the offseason was begging to like, kind of just get rid of him. He's he, he's past his prime. He's not hitting anymore, and now he's become kind of our savior, especially in in, in this game against the Blue Jays, which is um, fast becoming, I think, our most uh, competitive. Uh, um, rival right now i mean of course the rays are always going to be there and the and and 
of course, the Red Sox as far as rivalries mm-hmm. go. But competitively, I think the Blue Jays are better than either of those teams. And this this uh, this game today, the start of this series was, I think, very, very big. I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about it just for the setup. The Yankees are right now on a three series sweep streak, meaning they have won the last three series, but swept all three of those last three series. And going into Toronto right now, they went in there as the uh, tied basically with the Mets as the best, the two best teams in the entire league, uh, yes. not just the best teams on the AL East uh, NL East. Uh, but these are the two best teams in the entire league. And we'll get to the Mets in a moment, but the Blue Jays, they 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 wanted to kind of shut that down. The Blue Jays try to play a bullpen game today to try to to try to make sure that there's not even an inch that the Yankees could 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 have as a chance to to win this game because they they you know they know they want to kind of pump the brakes on the Yankees. Uh, but no, Glaber Torres. The game was tied two two. Glaber Torres in the uh, top of the ninth. Uh, I believe there were two outs. Glaber's up. He hits a, a line drive, gets an RBN, gets a LeCastro in. Um, I believe it was LeCastro that he drove in uh, to get the lead. And that's what we need. We need not just the big home runs or the big hits. We need the big hits when they, when they matter most. You know, this was literally the Yankees' last shot at winning the game now before it goes into uh, extra innings. And they did their job, you know. Yep. And that's like the Yankees look and feel like the Yankees. So and it's been a long time since since I as a Yankee fan have fan has has been able to say that. Well, it, it's funny because the beginning of the the year, the beginning of the season, what was New York Talk Grado talking all about? How the Yankees, how the Yankees were horrible, how the Yankees were garbage. Yeah, I mean, they know. were writing Cashman off. They were saying that like Cashman is a huge, he's a, he's a huge bust. This is the last year of his contract, of course. But mm-hmm. they were looking at it as like, man, Cashman should be out. Uh, everybody was still wanting Boone to be out. They were saying there's like nothing's changed. The Yankees are the same team from last year, if not worse. Uh, Cashman didn't do anything in the offseason to bring in, bring in the big names. And right. We still have. The, the looming Aaron Judge uh, contract extension or or re-signing, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which we were all hoping that would be done. But I'm, I, I think that Cashman has uh, decided to let him go to free agency. And so everybody was basically saying, like, look, Cashman needs to be out. This team is horrible. This team is not the Yankees of old. And I think that so far, if it's still very, very early because we're talking about 100. How many how many games is the season now? 162. 162 games. We're about 25 games in. Yeah, so. we got a really long way to go. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. If things, hold, if things hold, Cashman can laugh all the way to the bank in every single fan's face that said, you don't know what you're doing. Well, if, he, obviously, I think that he does. You know, IKF has been amazing. Um, the bullpen has been amazing. And Garrett Cole is fine. It feels like he's finally back. He's not the Garrett Cole of old, but. Right. He's 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 finally pitching like an ace. Well, if if you look at the Yankees overall, um, in ter- in terms of batting, for the major leagues, they're fifth in batting. If you look at home runs, they're number one with thirty two home runs so far within t- within twenty three games that they played. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they're fourth in RBIs, and I'm talking about major league. I'm not even talking about the American League. And and the thing that concerned me, and apparently you you can put it all to rest, um, the thing that concerned me was the fact that I didn't think that they had enough pitching. They are the number two number two joint in Major League Baseball with a two point six nine ERA, only behind the Dodgers. I mean, nasty Nestor, baby, nasty. Yeah, Nestor. exactly. Oh. You know, he's, and, and he's the ace. He's the team ace for sure. Well, listen, it, it also does help that the Yankees clearly, head and shoulders, have the best bullpen in baseball. There, I don't think there's any doubt about that anywhere. You know, and yeah, so sure. if you look at the way, if you look at the way Boone is is really playing this out, um, he's making these games into bullpen games, which you know. It, it it does two things. It keeps your starters rested, right? 
but they have enough arms in that bullpen that they can go ahead and do this. So, you know, I mean, I feel like the entire bullpen is full of aces. Every single yeah, exactly. person that comes out of there is an ace, you know. So, um, you get, you have a guy that that'll go what, four or five innings, you know, um in that bullpen. The next night you throw everybody out there and and you're still saving your starters. So, it's a very interesting way that Boone is managing the pitching staff right now. You know, you know what it is though? I think that it's not just Boone. I think it's baseball as a whole. The, the game of baseball has changed. Um, I think that, uh, that, you know, and, and I can't point specifically to any one or two things that have made a big difference. I think if I did, it would have to be like the, the bigger crackdown on PD use and the crackdown on the spider attack and substances. Mm -hmm. So now that the pitchers don't really have the uh, assistance that they used to have in pitching the ball they're in order to keep the efficiency up. They're not really able to pitch more than 80 pitch, pitches efficiently. I mean, we used to see, I remember seeing like, you know, growing up where like pitchers were getting up and count, they wouldn't take them out until they're hitting 120 pitches, 115, 120 pitches. That's when like the manager's like, all right, time for you to come out. Now, like when they're approaching 65, 70 pitches, now it's time for them to come out because they start, uh, that's when they start kind of tumbling. And, and baseball is an interesting game in the sense that like you can have, your pitch, you can you can have all the best stuff out there, and you come out there. You've been pitting, pitching a shutout game, uh, and the moment, the <coughs> moment that you you throw a pitch and it doesn't go your way, maybe they they they, they hit a, a a good line drive double or a home run. All of a sudden, that pressure of not losing a game cracks down and can really mess everything up for you. Oh yeah, momentum um, is everything, and it, momentum yeah, is super is contagious in baseball. Yeah, baseball is a huge game of momentum. It's 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 the entire game basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think that just the, the the game has changed, and um, I think in a lot of ways for the better, uh, as long as we're hitting, so that we don't have the boring games. <laughs> yeah, but right now the Yankees are exciting, and then we also have and 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 the Yankees with a record of um, what is a seventeen and six. Yep. They were tied with the Mets, but guess what? The Mets didn't really pull out their win tonight. So the Mets <laughs> fall one game short of being tied with the Yankees as the best team in the league. Yankees are at the top all alone. But with the Mets just right behind, because the Mets are the Mets the Mets, I gotta give it to them, man. Like I, I I'm not a not particularly a Mets fan, but I'm a baseball fan. Um I don't hate the Mets. I'm just not a huge fan of a lot of Met fans. Mm-hmm. Um but the Mets are doing their thing too. The Mets got like a this attitude and kind of swagger with Lindor and, and and you know it's just they got like a certain thing about them you know that makes the Mets the Mets you know where well, it's, it's exciting. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's exciting having both both New York teams excelling at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, all roads lead to New York. If uh, again, if it holds this way, we're gonna have an amazing Subway Series. You know, this year, uh, set of subway series, and and in the playoffs, if things hold, like you know, the New York teams are the teams that are going to be most feared. Um, Was it yeah, twenty two years, right? <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty two years. Fall to the Braves. Uh, twenty two years. Yeah, yeah since yeah. Uh, the Yankees and the Mets met in the World Series. Uh, was it? Was it two thousand? Was it? Was it two thousand series? I don't remember now. Or was the 2000 series the the Yankees versus uh, versus um, Arizona? Let me look that up in a second. But for the Mets, um, they fall to the Braves today, five to two. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I did. I'm not gonna lie. I I I. I it's not that I'm rooting against the. Uh, I'm not rooting for the Mets, but. I I do want to see I do want to see them excelling and just being neck and neck all the way to the subway series because I think that like for the drama of baseball especially for local baseball the subway series something really unique um, in 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 sports uh, especially in baseball itself um, it would be really cool to see the Yankees and the Mets be the top two teams and then meet at the subway series with a record near identical. Because then that subway series is going to feel like a World Series, you know. That yeah. subway series, it's like this is this is a battle between the number one and number two. 
It's so. true, and you know what? Usually around this time, Mets fans are, are already giving up on the season, so you know it, it's pretty good for them. It was the the 2000 World Series where the Yankees uh, met up against the Mets, and the Yankees ah, did yeah, win. So it's, it's, oh, so yeah, now we know. Yeah, so it's been 22 years. Um, so it, it is exciting having both t- both New York teams um, competitive and looking like World Series competitors, to be honest. Yes, right? that's what I'm saying. They look like World Series teams. You know, even though last year I felt like the Yankees weren't as bad as 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 media would have you think. I mean, we didn't. We weren't slouches. We we won. What was it? Ninety six games. Yes. I now it was ninety six games. Something like, it's like, not like, something yeah, like we that. Yeah, we didn't. We we weren't slouches last season. You know, we were just in a really, we're in a really competitive uh, division now, you know, like, you know, between the Rays, Red Sox, Tampa, I mean, uh, the the Blue Jays, it's just, you know, like with the exception of the Orioles, everybody's a World Series contender. Um, So I think that's just like they've leveled up, but I, I, I love the idea of the Yankees just, you know, again, just feeling like the Yankees. If the Yankees won 96 games this year, but they won it the way that they're playing now, they would feel like a completely different team. Yeah, you know, and they, it would be they, any real different from last year. Uh, they won ninety two, by the way. Last oh, 92. Year. 92, yeah. That's right. Ninety six was the uh, the number that we were trying to get to, but still, yeah. Um, but it, it's it's clearly that they they do have the talent to get to ninety six or more. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, so I mean, I want to see, I want to see three digits up there. So yeah, definitely. Um, let me ask you a very quick question before we move on. Um, the biggest thing in New York, obviously, when it concerns the Yankees, was is and will be the Aaron Judge contract situation, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's very interesting how this thing is playing out because it almost seems like the Yankees leaked the contract that they were offering Aaron Judge. And, you know, for the people who don't know, the reported offer was worth um, $213 million over seven years, which is not a bad offer at all, right? No, not at all. Um, it, it's interesting that he declined it. Um, and I want to ask your opinion on this because um, I find it fascinating how this season is going to play out because l- let's be frank about this. Aaron Judge has been hurt in almost every season that he's played with the Yankees, right? Yeah. And so he is taking a huge risk that if he gets hurt, those $213 million may not be there for him in, in the offseason. You know? Well, he, he, here's the thing with uh, Aaron Judge and his, uh, his, his, his injury history. His injury history, have, they've, they've never been, I think, serious career-threatening injuries. They've always been just like... Uh, um, you know, annoyances or, or mm-hmm. injuries that kind of take them out, right? So I don't think that, and, and those injuries, when they take them out, they take them out out of an, an abundance of precaution to make sure that they don't turn into something serious, basically to protect their investment. Um, So Aaron Judge is playing really well right now. He's the number three hitter in the game right now. Uh, You know, number one is Anthony Rizzo, which is mm-hmm. freaking awesome. I, I, he is, he is, you know, he is a Yankee through and through. Like he is amazing. Um, but Aaron Judge is is also doing his thing out there. And if he stays healthy, you know, I know that he's taking a little bit of a gamble by not signing the contract. But if he stays healthy and the and and we end the season the way that we're at, he's looking at three hundred million plus for sure. Now, I can also understand his viewpoint because he is he started he he's. He's up there. I don't know how old he is, but I know that like he's basically looking for you know his long time you know career contract. Oh, he's know? thirty years old. Yeah. So, so, so this is this, this is this is this gonna is going to be the contract. This is going to be the contract. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the contract, you may have like one or two year extensions here and there and stuff like that. But whatever team he signs with after the season, this is going to be the hey, this is my career contract. You know, so you only really have one shot at those. And if you know your value, you know your worth, you you ask for what you're worth. And and I don't think that he's doing it in a jerk type of way. Oh, no, no, not not um, at all. I think he's banking I on do, his future. In a, in a way, I do kind of feel like it was a little bit messed up 
um, Cashman revealing the, uh, mm-hmm. the like what they brought to the table and what Aaron Judge declined. But at the same time, it's all PR and it's all business. You know, at the same time, like, you know, it's sort of what Cashman they needed to do, because the moment that you hear that Judge declined the Yankees offer, everybody's going to wonder what that offer was. And if that offer isn't put out on the table or is not made public, they're just going to keep like reaming Cashman. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. And I could see them. I could see them. Uh, I could see the reasoning behind saying like, hey, this is what we offered him. He declined it. Um, it and and it's not like the what was it, 241, 241 million. That's that's not a little bit of money. You know, that's mm-hmm. a that's a hefty contract for anyone. Oh yeah. Um, so it's like, hey, like we offered him a good contract. I can understand that he wants more. We can't really afford to do more right now, and and it is what it is. You know. Yeah, I, I like I said, I I just I find it interesting that he would he would just dismiss it out of hand. Um, this is going to be his seventh season with the Yankees, seventh season in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only played 148 games or more twice. Mm-hmm. um in first season obviously he only played 27 games i'm you know he he was a late season call up yeah. um but in 2018 he only played 112 games in 2019 he only played 102 games in 2020 yes it was covid he paid 28 but you know he you this is a guy that you're consistently looking at missing at least 50 to 60 games a year that could be kind of significant, you know. And, it can be. It can. And be, you know, you're, but you're looking at this kid. He's 30 years old, and um, he's he's a big guy. So, if he had if he had taken the contract, you're talking about a seven year contract. By the time the contract is over, he's about 37 years old. Mm-hmm. The Yankees have been burned by these long term contracts before. Um, you know where they offer an an aging. Uh, a superstar, you know, a long-term contract. And then at the end of the, the, the contract, you know, everybody's saying, well, you know, why'd you offer him this contract? He's not performing to his yeah. contract and stuff. So I think maybe this is a little bit of that playing into it also. Maybe, maybe. I don't think so though. I, I, I think that it, uh, I think that Cashman, the way that he was looking at it is more from the analytics standpoint and not from the Steinbrenner standpoint. And it's a, uh, Hey, this is what we can offer him because we need to have that nest egg for, you know, trade deadlines and stuff like that for mid season changes, additions and money that we need in order to, you know, make the changes that need to be made if they need to be made mid season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's just kind of hedging the season versus, versus uh going all in on a player um and then being left with you know left with the bag you know so right. um so I, I like i think I, I just i understand both sides um and this kind of like a, a tough situation for both because i can agree i can understand judge's desire to want that big big contract because it's also not like he's just a regular yankee he is the face of the yankee yankees he is the face of of uh you know basically without he's the identity of the yankees you know if he leaves maybe rizzo becomes a face i think i think rizzo is uh really fast becoming uh one of the you know stalwarts of the uh the the team Mm -hmm. um but if if he leaves the yankees will feel like there's something big missing you know because we've had jeter for x amount of years and then judge comes in and he kind of takes the place of jeter uh even if he's not the captain himself and, and and what have you um just by just just from the presence that he is in the locker room and stuff so i find it interesting that you didn't mention giancarlo stanton as as a leader for the Yankees, and I, I understand the reasons why, <laughs> but I can I can never get past how Yankee fans have never really warmed up to Stanton. You know, Stanton he just doesn't have that presence. I I he know I know like, he he's gets a, on the mic, he gets on the camera, he comes onto the field. It just he's doesn't a feel great like yeah, he's player, a, but yeah, darn it if he if he doesn't, you know, he should be the guy, right? You look at you look at you know his the back of his baseball card. He should be the guy in New York, right? Yeah, but he's not. But he's know? not, and it's it's so weird, right? So yeah. Anyway, anyway, so and that's where I stand with with Judge and the contracts and stuff like that. For me, I just think that it's kind of a sticky situation for the two of them, and I just want to see the Yankees be what they're doing right now, which is being the Yankees. They are. Yeah. 
carrying themselves better than they have in a long time. And, 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 you know, there's nothing like the Yankees. There's no, there's nothing like the Yankees, all sports across. There just is not anything like the Yankees. So it's hard to like root for a team that is so significant known worldwide that doesn't feel like the team that it's supposed to be. And it's, it just feels good that they are. Yeah. That being said, those aren't the only two teams in New York that are doing awesome. We've got the other two teams in New York that are doing amazing. Can I can I interject really really quick before we get to oh, our yeah. favorite two teams? My man. Uh game 1 Rangers coming up. Oh, that's right. Rangers in the playoffs. Rangers in the playoffs. Oh, Rangers goodness. as one of the favorites to win Lord Stanley's Cup. So, I you know, know. I know that um, be a sick year. Yeah, we 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 do. have to. I know we're we're not big hockey guys, but we do have to mention that um, the the Rangers. I, I'm going to be watching intently when when the playoffs do start. We are recording today, Monday, May second, so the playoffs start for them on Tomorrow. May third. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But um, I'm excited. I'm yeah, I'm dude, really I'm excited. excited. I'm super know? excited. I mean, they're gonna they they they're they're playing the Penguins, so it's going to be a tough and rough game. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm super excited. I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be again, like I said, at the top of the, the cast, it's a, it's, it feels, it's a good time to be a New York sports fan right now. Right. It, it, and it, yeah. it feels like it just turned on a dime because like, it, it's like the day that the draft happened all of a sudden, like, <laughs> yo, I'm a New York sports fan. Like everything just freaking feels amazing when exactly it's been, when it's, when it's fe- felt like crap. You know, for well, years now, we we've been dealing with the Knicks for the past how many how many months, right? So now now, yeah, baseball is back. The Yankees and Mets are doing great. Uh, the NHL season is over. We're in the playoffs. The Rangers are a favorite. And let's talk about this draft, man, because this draft, this you draft, me, you t- man, oh dude, my you god, so, this you were so excited. During draft night, like the messages that we were getting, I was like, "Man, is this a, it, it feels like this guy uh, just hit the lotto or something." <laughs> you know, as a Jet fan, I'm I'm over the moon with what they did. Um, but I I just happen I'm a big fan of the draft. You know, whenever the draft is on, um, that's me sitting in front of the TV for three days. Uh, I'm literally watching. You know, I'm watching rounds four, five, six, and seven. You know, that's that's how. How stupid I am, which is interesting because I'm not a big college football fan, right? Right. So, so it's weird because like my familiarity with these players really comes from you know listening to the rumors and and you know finding out who our our teams are looking at and stuff like that. Um, let's start with the Giants. Let let let's look at what the Giants did because the Giants were very very interesting. And what they did, and they did, they did have a good draft. They really did. You know, they came away with I think ten players in this draft, which is which is crazy if you think about it. You know, well, you know, the the thing with the draft, I think, is that uh, like like I told you before, is I felt that the uh, the Giants, and I'm not I'm not as big into draft watching and the analytics behind it and the whole nine mm-hmm. as you are, um, but as a I want to say I, I do want to say I want to say a little bit more than a casual fan, but not as deep a fan as you are. Um, it feels like the Giants did what they had to do out there. You know, they they, they got what they needed. Um, I don't think that the Giants are are making any kind of run this year. I think that uh, they're beta testing uh, Daniel Jones this year, and to beta test, they got to make sure that all the that all the best case scenario variables are accounted for. And I think they did that. Yeah, I mean, they did what Giants football normally does. They work the lines, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it's interesting because the Jets, in a sense, kind of helped out the Giants here, right? Because everybody had Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Jets at four. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I mean, you look at the draft picks, the every draft, a mock draft that was out there, it was Kayvon Thibodeau at four, right? Yep. They had the uh, Vegas had odds for the fourth pick. He was the favorite, and yeah, then that's uh, true. and the, and then the Jets take Sauce Gardner. We'll talk about him later. But Kevin Thibodeau falling to the to fifth to the Giants. I mean, 
He's I a mean, guy. He's a guy. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna start out and then I want to get your take on it because you are the Giants fan on this cast, right? Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy that if he focuses on football, New York is his. He's got that Michael Strahan presence. He's got that personality that's built for New York. Mm-hmm. And if he rocks out on on the gridiron, you're looking at a guy that could be the king of New York for the, for the New York Giants. Like he's I, I, the face of the franchise for you guys. If he if everything works out for him, I think so too. Honestly, like I was thinking about this uh, um, over the weekend, actually, and you know when I was thinking about like how how exactly did this kind of happen? Um, and I feel like maybe there was a little bit of a that backdoor talk of like, hey, if you if you guys give us Thibodeau, we'll give you uh we'll trade you uh the pick at what was thirty four, thirty six? Yeah, we, no, we, we went later up, on. Yeah, we went we went from Yes, it was the thirty fourth pick that we traded with. Pick you guys. That we traded with the, yeah, I think that, that was we something like a handshake deal like, yo, we'll 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 trade you guys if you let us take Thibodeau. You know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, Thibodeau, you're looking at probably the best pure pass rusher in the draft by far. You know, the the, the guy has skills. He's got a motor that, that doesn't stop. He can play sideline to sideline. Um, the only thing that you may have to worry about is run-stopping situations. He's not as complete a pay, player that you as you would like, mm-hmm. but um, his pass rushing skills is by far one of the best in the draft alone. So he's going to find a way to get to the quarterback, and that's the reason why you got him. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's purely the reason why you got him. Anything else that you get out of him is is just pure, you know, gravy on top, yeah, the right? Thing is, yeah, you're, you know, you're right. Uh, Thibodeau, he 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 kind of fits the mold. He looks like a giant, you know. He yeah, looks he does. And feels and acts like a giant. I, you know, I think I think it, it couldn't have couldn't have been more perfect. I mean, I, I would I would be interested to know if they had conversations with them prior, like if the Jets had conversations, like, hey, between the two teams, who do you want to be with? You know, and, 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 you know, maybe they made something happen for him there because, yeah, everyone thought that he was going to the Jets. And I thought that it was I thought that it was kind of crazy for them to not go for with Thibodeau. But they got sauce. You guys got saucy. Sauce is awesome. Tell, tell me about the sauce. So so what are we uh, what 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 is the headline going to look like in New York when sauce does something? Is it hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, what what is yeah, what is just, the back page so, of the Daily News going to look so like? Right, much, there's just going to be so much like fun with that name. Oh my god, man. Sauce Gardner. I you, you know, know what? I should have tried to find out what exactly that means for him. You know, I wanted you know? to ask you. I was going to ask you, like, is that his? That couldn't have been his. That can't be his like birth name, right? No, like, his 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 name is Ahmad Gardner. Okay, but, Ahmad Gardner, right? Yeah, but his he's Sauce. He is sauce. I don't know, like how, like I mean, you know, that's that's a hell of a way to kind of separate yourself from the pack. Is like, yo, when they when you look at the draft list of all the of all the players, you see something that says Sauce Gardner Sauce. Who the hell is this I, guy? I, I, did you see his chain? No, on I draft did not. night. I oh did my not. god! First of all, the man comes out totally blinged out. Like, like you have no idea. He's got gold chains and and, and diamonds all over. <laughs> Literally, he has a nameplate called Sauce. But his new addition, a bottle encrusted in diamonds called, and and on the front it said sauce. Oh my God. I mean, you know what's going to be awesome? The man is career. When he ends his career, he's going to start like his own chain of like hot sauce uh, bottles and brands and stuff. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. A diamond crusted bottle of sauce. That's ridiculous. I wonder if there was anything actually in the bottle. No, no, no. It was, it was clearly, you know, a thing. Um, I, I, you know what? At at first, I was I was kind of taken back by it. I, Sauce Gardner is is definitely a guy that I wanted as a Jet. I didn't know if I wanted him at four, but now the more I think about it, the more it makes sense, especially in you know um, Robert Sala's scheme. And and that's the great thing. Just to just to top off, you know, and and speak about the the Jets draft in general. The Jets, what they did was phenomenal for two reasons. First of all, 
they were able to to get guys who, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, were the best at that position. You're mm-hmm. talking about Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner, probably the best cornerback in the in the draft. You're talking about Garrett Wilson, arguably the best quarterback wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Jermaine Jones the third or the second, I forgot which one it is, arguably the best complete pass rusher defensive end. And then you go into the second round and you definitely take the best running back in Brees Hall. I mean, and and you can go down the line because and we can get into the later the later rounds later, right? But you look at what Sauce Gardner is, and Sauce Gardner is a guy that very much like Rebus, you're gonna be you're gonna be on Sauce Island, right? Yeah. Because he takes away if if what he did did in college translates to the NFL which is he never allowed a touchdown throughout his college That's right. career. That's right. He didn't allow he, – he, he's, he's, he's perfect, essentially. Can I tell you – can I show you one wild um, stat? His quarter – the quarterback rating of the quarterbacks that played against him was so bad that you – they could literally have a better quarterback rating by throwing the ball into the ground. What? That that is how insane Sauce was in college. Jesus Christ! You know? Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I, like you know, I I think that yeah, if you want to give your quarterback a chance to win games, then you need to put a stop on you know defensively. And I think that like you know when it comes to 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 Jets football, um, one of the biggest issues I think that you guys have always had is momentum and confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know. When the game runs away from you, I think that it's easy to kind of lose confidence, lose drive, lose desire to play the game. And I think that that's something that the Jets have suffered for a long time. And, you know, I think if uh, you guys can put more defensive stops, you give your you give your offense, you give your QB uh, a little bit, not only more confidence, but more time on the field to actually, you know, make plays and, and, and win games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's he's a shutdown corner in every sense of the word, and especially in the AFC East, where you're talking about Miami and the weapons that they have, including Tyree Kill, which just mm-hmm, joined them. Mm-hmm. Right? You look at you look at what um, the Patriots could possibly do. You look at the Bills. You know, you need a guy like Sauce Gardner to kind of get on those wide receivers and, and lock them down and and take away that side of the field completely. So. The Sauce Gardner um, pick really makes a ton of sense. You know, he'll he'll play that Richard Sherman role that uh, he occupied in in for, on on the 49ers in Robert Sala's defense, and he'll he'll fit right in. And you know, the kid has a ton of confidence, but he's a good kid also. You know, yeah. you you can see you can see it. Yeah. So. Um, that was the fourth pick. The fifth pick of the draft was Kayvon Thibodeau, which we talked about already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the Giants were up next on the clock at number seven, and they took a tackle, Evan Neal. And again, talking about how that was such a Giants pick, when the Giants were winning Super Bowls in the 80s, what were, you, what were, what were their strengths? It was always... Tackle and grapple. Yeah. <laughs> the offensive line, the defensive line. And Brian Dayball... And and uh, Shine, they Shane. Shane, oh Shane, Joe Shane, they're embracing the that weirdest way to, the, the weirdest way to 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 spell Shane, Shane, right? S H S C H O E N. Yeah, I know it's weird, you know, but they're embracing yeah. the giant way. You it's know, the giant and, way is the giant culture. It's you know, we want to make we want to make again. It's you know, it's about like, hey, you come to New York, it's. You know, win or lose, it's going to be a rough game. And that's kind of how it has to feel. You know, it has to feel that way. Um, and, and you know, I, I wish and hope that we can have the days of, like, LT back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I can see that happening. Yeah. And, and think about this. Neil was the pick that uh, that originally was with the Bears. So, um you know when they made that trade so that they can move up and get Justin Fields, so um, he's going to help the Giants immensely. Yeah, you know he's going to help. He's going to help Daniel Jones. Immensely. I mean, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. You know? We still have like that huge question, and then the fact that like the uh, the the Giants that Shane um, declined to uh, to to that's telling. 
yeah, that's it, telling it, of what they're to, doing. Uh, pick up uh, Dan Jones' uh, fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically putting him in the corners, like, hey, we're giving you all the pieces to the puzzle, but your job's not guaranteed. Prove it to us this season. If not, you're out. And Shane isn't like he's not he's not like tiptoeing around anything. He, I mean, right after the draft, he fired a couple of he fired a couple scouts right off the bat. You know, I mean, something must have not happened uh, that you know throughout the draft that didn't necessarily go the way that he wanted. Um, but he's he's very clear. Clearly, he's not the kind of guy that's just going to let things slide and and you know not do what he needs to do. You know, yeah. so he's a very he seems like a very pragmatic GM, which is which is, you know, I think that what every team always needs is a pragmatic approach. You know, um, let your let your head coaches, let the teams be kind of like, I guess, the sauce, you know, but the GM needs to always be the pragmatic, the, you know, the level head in the room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so you had that with um, the seventh pick, the 10th pick went to the Jets. They brought, they bring in Ohio State's Garrett Wilson. I mean, tell me a little bit about Garrett Wilson because you were super stoked to have Garrett Wilson. Garrett Garrett Wilson. So I was torn between two receivers to be honest. Um, Drake London, who eventually went to Atlanta, I believe, and um, Garrett Wilson. And Drake London for me made sense for the Jets, but he wasn't available for them at the time that they picked mm-hmm. Drake London is one of these guys that he he's six foot three or four, I believe um, he's a guy that can go get. And for me in, in what Zach Wilson is right now, he was a guy that could have helped Zach a lot. Okay. Um, because of the fact that, you know, he, he really helps him in the red zone, you know, when it comes to that, he wasn't available. The Jets then took Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is a playmaker. He is, he is a guy who is a great route runner. He's got good hands. Um, he's got <laughs> speed. He does. He's five eleven, so he's a little bit on the small side, which is a little concerning because we already have another guy like that called uh, and in Elijah Moore and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But you look at you look at the the three guys that they have: Corey Davis. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, throw in Braxton Berrios into that mix. That's a very, very solid wide receiver. That's a lot of tools. It is. And and again, just like Dan Jones, even though it's a little bit of an opposite side of the spectrum because Zach Wilson is really just kind of getting started here. um, Dan Jones and Zach Wilson, they're both in the same situation where it's like, hey, like this is we're giving you all the tools. Now show up or get the hell out of here. You know, I think that you guys are in the same situation that if you yeah. guys don't find if you guys don't figure out this season, if 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 throughout the middle of this season, it doesn't feel like Zach Wilson's your guy, then he's just not your guy. Right. Exactly. Because you know what? Joe Douglas has given him the tools to work with. I mean, Garrett Wilson could end up being the best wide receiver in this draft. That's yeah. that's how yeah. good he is. So, um, you know. Zach Wilson has no excuses coming nope. into this season. None, you know? none whatsoever. Um, so we'll we'll go into the twenty sixth pick of the draft, um, and that was interesting because you know here we are, and I'm I'm thinking the Jets are done, we're finished, and they find a way to move into the into the the bottom half of the draft, and they take Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson. Now he's a guy that that started out in Georgia. Georgia, he couldn't get any play time because you see how talented that Georgia team is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've taken what, about was this, was seven this, or was this eight guy, players already. Is this a guy? I forgot who there was. There was somebody where I forgot who it was, but there was somebody on the Jets that got uh, he got drafted, and as soon as he got drafted, they gave him a. They had him. They they played a message from his dad to him. I don't know if this was the guy. No, no, that's, that's no. Him. That was Garrett Wilson. That was Garrett Wilson. All right, that was Garrett right. Wilson. Was Garrett, well, yeah, it was Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah. That, did you listen to that message? Uh, I saw it and I sent it to my wife. I haven't listened to it yet. That message. <laughs> that message. I listened to it today. That message is a very. That message can be applied. I think every single person. Should just listen to that message. Whether you, oh, I need to you go know, listen whether, to it now. Whether, then whether whether you play football or you work in an office or whatever, I think that that's a message that like I think every single parent should listen so that they can impart some of those words to their kids and what every single young adult or kid 
um, or, you know, should, should listen to. I think that like some of those words that, that were said in that message were, you know, probably some of the best advice that anyone could give to anyone in any facet of a person's life. I definitely have to check it out. I saw it today. I just I was busy at work and I didn't have time to actually yeah, listen to it, but I knew it was it. it was going to be impactful. So I sent it to my wife because she eats that stuff up. Also, yeah, you know? it's, it's so. I mean, like uh, I think the heart of the message starts like it's a five minute clip. The heart of the message starts like around the two minute mark or so. Um, if you haven't listened to it, look it up. Um, uh, Garrett Wilson's uh, dad video. Just Google that and it should show up. So. Okay. Uh, draft night draft night uh video so all right but yeah so uh jermaine johnson at 26 a fantastic player i mean like i said he he started his collegiate career over at, at georgia but georgia is kind of i mean literally i think at, at last count i think they had eight or nine players taken in the in the top rounds that's how good that georgia team is mm-hmm. and so he couldn't find a way to break through so he moved on on to florida state where not only did he excel, he got better with every year that he played. And, you know, this is this guy, he's six foot four, 259 pounds. He is fast. He is agile. He is a stud in the run game. He's got, he's got very good, um, he's very good in levels when it comes to rushing the passer. Um, and, here, here's the interesting thing, and I, I think I had mentioned this on a previous podcast, but the Jets had the opportunity to coach the Senior Bowl this year. Right, right, yes, yes, yes. He was you one of the players that. there. Mm. They had, they had an excellent chance, and and this, and he's not the only one that the Jets drafted from that Senior Bowl. The we're going to talk about him later, but he, he's a guy that the Jets had a really good chance to sit down. And not only watch him on tape, but see him in the in the in the war room. See him how he he does in practice. Find out you know when in practice he has his difficulties, how he comes back from those, you know, mm-hmm. how how he works hard and stuff. And I think if you look at if you listen to Joe D and Robert Sala, um, Jermaine Johnson really impressed him on that Senior Bowl, and so he's part of the reason why he's now a Jet. You yeah. know. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, I, you know, again, this is like, you know, the Jets. Like, it really seems like the Jets were 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 in it to win it. You know, all from the Senior Bowl to to the draft. Like, they 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 had this game plan from from the get. Yeah, um, we're not going to go through every round, but I I, I do want to mention um, the second round picks for both teams, specifically two in particular. Um, I'm going to stay on the Jets because they were the next one to to come around. Uh, Brees Hall is he's exciting to me as as a, a running back prospect for the Jets. He is a guy that they got at the spot that the Jets and Giants traded at. Yeah. Um he was a guy that they had been actively pursuing to try and get in the first round. That's how bad the Jets want. They were trying to trade up into the first round, despite having already traded up to get Jermaine Johnson. They wanted to do it again with Brees Hall. Luckily, he fell into the second round. Um, the guy is a stud. He is uh, He's about 5'11". He's 215 pounds. He is pure legs. Um, and this guy is he's excellent not only in the run game, but in the pass game. Um, and he's a game breaker, which is something that the Jets sorely lacked the last year. Yeah. You know, one thing that they didn't have, they didn't have game breakers. And so now you're adding Brees Hall to the mix. You're adding Jermaine Wilson to the mix. Um, Elijah Moore is going to develop more. So you're looking at, at the makings conceivably on paper of a very scary offense for mm-hmm. the Jets. No, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it all depends on. You know, football is one of those things. Whereas baseball, you know, it's 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 about like the long games, so many games in the season. Mm-hmm. Football is, you know, it's week by week, and y- you just don't know really what you're gonna get. So, yeah, and so 
we move on to the Giants at 43. They take Wandell Robinson. Wandell Robinson, wide receiver from Kentucky. At, it's at this point, because I, I, I'll be honest, like I kind of only pay attention to the first uh, first round of draft, mm-hmm. the first day of the draft pick, and, and to some information that comes out of the second day. But past that, um, you know, this is your world. Well, Wandell Ro- Robinson is a guy that's going to push Kenny Galladay. Um and I mean, I'm sorry, not Ken, yeah, Kenny Galladay. You know, um, he's he's a guy in his one season with Kentucky, 104 passes for 1,334 yards. The guy, the guy can play. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna be competing for a starting mm. job over with the Giants again. Another weapon for Daniel Jones to kind of to kind of see it's that. A, it's a it's a listen. You either get the job done or you don't. You know, so, so, so yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, the Giants, uh, with their 10 draft picks, they gave Daniel Jones some weapons. Um, they gave him, they get, like I said, they gave him Wilder Jones and they, they drafted two linemen, but the rest of them were all spent on defense. And mm-hmm. in, in a way, it kind of makes sense because if you look at the Giants, the Giants should be better offensively. I mean, well, I mean, you, you do have Saquon Barley, Barkley. You yeah. have you have uh the the receiver, I forgot. I just I'm blanking on your receivers right now. Um Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Kenny Galladay. So that's not a bad wide receiving room, right? Um the big question mark for the Giants and the Giants, I hate to say, won't be competing for for a playoff spot this year because I believe the Eagles went and got tremendously better this year. Yeah, I mean, I look. I, you know? I, I think for me, like I'll be happy with a five hundred team. Um, I, I I would be great if we could win eight games. Uh, I think it's probably going to be seven. Mm-hmm. Um, my faith in Daniel Jones truly brings that down number that number down to six. To be honest. <laughs> Um, but it's just, again, like I'm not looking at the giants this year really as, as I think you're about two years away to be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking you at know? this year, this year I'm looking at his wash, whether we are above or below 500, doesn't really matter too much to me. What I want to know is what the, what, what Dable and Shane are going to do at the end of this next season, because this first season for them really is just a trial season. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to come in here and be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to come here, save the day uh, and 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 what have you. Um, so to me, like, you know, anything that that's good that comes out of the season is great. You know, obviously, I love it. And I hope they carry it over to the to 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 2023, 24. Um, the uh, however, the way that I look at it is this this first season is for them to identify all the issues that they're having and then plug those holes at the end of the season. Well, I whether think it's Daniel Jones, whether it's the O line, um, whether it's uh, getting rid of uh, Saquon somehow or or, or whatever. Um, this season is really about them figuring out what exactly they're working with right. when it matters. I think I think the the other the other big thing that's going to be plaguing the Giants is their salary cap uh, situation, and I yeah. think these next two years are going to be tough, only because you're going to have to make very very hard decisions when it comes to certain players and their salaries and stuff. And you this may want to. This you is may why you end make up, those decisions at the yeah. end of the season. This is and, why, like, let's figure out where we need to trim the fat. They know they need to trim the right. fat. Exactly. They know they need to trim the fat, and everything everything points to Shane basically like setting every single player in that locker room up and putting them all on notice. Like none of your jobs are secure. So the the problem that I see with the Giants is that this is probably a three year plan before you even start getting into it, just because of the salary cap situation. Because the salary cap is going to give you a lot of yeah. Well, that's what it is for the Giants. The salary cap is going to cause a lot of dead money issues within these next couple of years, money, right. you know, cap issues that would have been better served going to players. So the problem is you're in New York. New York is not a, a very patient town when it comes to rebuilding. I, I, could, I think, I, I know? think, I think that when it comes to the giants, I think that we will be, I think okay. that it's all going to be a matter of like what they do in the off season, you know, 
if they we'll have a plan. Patient. We'll be patient if we see that they're taking action. You know, I'll be patient if I see like, all right, Daniel Jones isn't doing it and they get rid of him. Okay, I'll be patient and we'll take our time to get the QB that we need. If they get rid of Saquon Barkley at the, the, the first chance that they feel like they have to, I'll be patient, you know, because I just need to see them working. I just don't want to see them sitting on their ass. The only thing that makes people impatient is when you see, you know, your team not just not just giving you results, but then sitting on their asses while they're not giving you results. Right. So I, I think um, the Giants leadership did a very smart thing not offering that that option to Daniel Jones because, you know what, um, Daniel Jones this year is very much an audition year for him. And next year, unlike this year, next year is a very good draft for quarterbacks. So you're not tying yourself with Daniel Jones with that extension of, of his contract. Yeah, exactly. Going into a year where you could probably get maybe maybe not a franchise quarterback, but at least a very, very good quarterback. And that remains to be seen how the how these kids are going to play out. But from the initial look, this is going to be this next year is going to be a very quarterback heavy mm-hmm. draft at the top. So um, I'm the Giants, all of them with bigger hands. Yeah, well, <laughs> so so let's talk let's talk a little bit about about that because that that was one of the more fascinating things about the draft. Um, the three players, I guess, is um, Kenny Pickett who went to Pittsburgh, Malik Willis who went to Tennessee and Nicobe Dean, who ended up going to Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. Those players, two of them dropped significantly. Uh, Malik Willis, at one point, they were talking about he might be going number two in the draft. He ended up going in like the third, I believe either the third or fourth round. And the Kobe Dean just kept on dropping and dropping and dropping the linebacker from Georgia. It's just like um, the weirdest draft ever. I know. Well, his issues was because um, he has a a, sur- a shoulder surgery. I sh- can relate that he chose not to not to uh, undertake. So you know he had medical issues going into this draft. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that, that in, 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 very in, talented in, player though. Very talented player. In an industry where, like, injuries are so, like, you know, so career-ending, where, you know, players have such a short shelf life, you know, why would you invest in something that's broken? I know. But he he is a guy that I think um, Eagles fans are going to be very, very excited to have once <laughs> once he's on the field because you, you can make the case he was probably one of the best defenders on the Georgia team Uh going forward pick it at pittsburgh is super interesting because i I don't know how how good pickett is going to be he's probably the most ready quarterback but he's he's closer to the floor than the ceiling in terms of what he can give a team and stuff and the small hands Small hands. He, he literally has to wear two gloves when he's uh, when he's he's playing. That's and crazy. I'm and I'm not That's I'm not talking insane. about I'm not to- talking about two gloves left and right. I'm talking about two gloves on the left and two gloves on the right. That's how small That's his hands are. Because how do you, you know? feel? How do you feel the ball? Is that That's real. Oh well, yeah. That's well, real. Yeah. And apparently, Dude, how do you feel the ball like that? Well, listen. He had a great season, so you know, um, he found a way to do it. I just I I don't understand uh, the mentality the the thought process of the Steelers in picking Pickett when you had Willis out there, who arguably not as ready as Pickett is, mm-hmm. but clearly the kid has arm talent. The kid ha- is super athletic. The only thing he needs to do is sit a couple of years, and and listen and watch. And listen, he dropped. He dropped tremendously. I mean, everybody was was asking where is Willis going to go. He ends up going to Tennessee, which is probably one of the best places for him to go, because you know he's a he can sit behind Tannehill. Tannehill is kind of a similar player in that he's athletic and mobile and stuff mm-hmm. like that can move around in the pocket. And plus, they have a fantastic team. 
So, you know, Willis, I understand that, you know, you saw the millions flying with every draft pick that went in front of you, but you're probably in a better situation there, you know? If he's in the best situation that he could be, then, you know, it's going to pay dividends later on. So, yeah, good for for them. It's, you know, it will be interesting to see, like, in the next couple years, like, what the result is of these uh, quarterbacks because basically, you know, everyone shunned them. You know, so I would like to know, like, what ends up happening with them. So, yeah, I mean, Willis was the third quarterback taken. I mean, Desmond Ritter, who looks like he's a 50 year old, if you look at the pictures on Instagram, <laughs> you know, um, he went ahead of him. And I understand Desmond Ritter, again, a guy that you could plug in and he's a pro ready type quarterback. But I thought, I thought you're looking for talent. And if you're looking for talent, Willis was the guy out of this quarterback draft. There's got to be something you know? that all the teams so. didn't see in him, or you know, there's well, got to be, there's be, or, or something, or rather, something that they saw that they just didn't like. I think they were afraid of the fact that you know what the kid played at Liberty University, a, a what was it, a, a super small school that didn't play anybody, you yeah. know. So I, I think that's what it is. But you know what? Sometimes you have to take a chance. And looking at his his combine, his combine was ridiculous. Yeah. You know. Um. So I, we'll see. You know what? Tennessee. I, I'm gonna. I'm. He's a player that I'm gonna watch for his career because I'm curious to see how how good yeah, he does going Super forward. Curious. You know. Um. A couple of things I want to talk about before we wrap things up. Uh, on the stuff that didn't happen. Debo Samuel going to the Jets for that tenth draft, tenth <laughs> pick. Yeah, um, that I think is one of the things that the Jets are going to look back and say it was the best move that they didn't make. Really? Yes. Well, we'll see. We'll see because I told you that, like you know, it, it's it's the known commodity is better than the uh, unknown, right? And, you know, Debo Samuel being the known commodity, despite the baggage, the baggage that he might bring, I think puts you closer to a, uh, to a, to a plus 500 team than what you don't know, you know? So my, see my, that's my the way concerns. that I learned it. Like I think, and, and, and I also thought that like, you know, Debo Samuel's character, you know, I look at the Jets a lot like the Mets. You guys have like a certain attitude about you guys. You guys have like a certain swag about you guys when you guys are 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 a little bit more up than down. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Giants, I look at the Giants the way they look at the the Yankees. You know, they're kind of like they carry themselves a certain way. You know, right. So, um, you know, I thought the Debo fit well there. He definitely doesn't fit in the Giants. See, the problem that I had with Debo coming over to the Jets is that one of the things that is is driving the fact that he wants to leave 49ers is he doesn't like the fact of how they play him, which is basically the reason why he's a superstar, because they play him at running back, they play him at wide receiver, yeah. they play him in the slot. So he's kind of like a, a jack-of-all-trades, and he does it well. He wants to be seen as an ex-receiver, as the number one receiver. The Jets would have used them the exact same way the Niners did because, you know what, the, they share the same philosophy. Yeah. And if you're telling me that the guy is coming in here doesn't want to play that way, that gives me pause, first of all. The second, of all, so. second of all, the, the other reason that I, I was kind of happy that Debo didn't come here is the salary situation. He's going to command a huge salary. And in, in, a, in a situation where you're trying to rebuild the team, money is everything. And and so bringing in Debo Samuel, where you could possibly replace him with two or three other t- players on a team that needed depth last year, to me that didn't make sense. I mean, if if we were talking about a Jets team that was ready and prepared to make a playoff run right now, then I say, you know what, you get Debo, hands down. But yeah, on a rebuilding, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're in a rebuild. When you when you're yeah. on a rebuild, there's no reason to take any risks. Exactly, you got nothing to lose. You're already at the bottom. Exactly, and you know what? Taking a guy like Garrett Wilson, he's a guy that could grow with Zach Wilson, and you know, you don't have to pay him for another three years. So you, you're 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 throwing the bill down, down. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, and, and no. So, I mean, from a, from a pragmatic standpoint, it mm-hmm. makes sense. It's just Joe Douglas never seemed like a pragmatic kind of guy. Yeah. So that brings me to the last two people that I want to talk about. 
Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Especially Baker because Baker is Baker is a a study in how quickly you can fall in the NFL, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like to be honest with you, I still want Baker Mayfield over here in New York. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Even with the attitude. I think I think that I would put Baker Mayfield in uh the backup scenario to Daniel Jones and then the moment that like we can test him out, we test him out, give him one year contract, put him in the backup uh oh, man. Dan Jones, see what he can do. Um and and maybe make something happen, you know. I, I'm I'm gonna tell you this right now. I don't think Baker goes anywhere. Yeah, no, I don't think that he does either. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think that like that's I, I would like to see him here. It, it, yeah, I know. But to me, it, it it would be ridiculous for the Browns to do so because yes, they have Deshaun Watson there. Yes, Deshaun Watson still has legal matters that and mm-hmm. and and there is that looming. Uh, concerns yeah, that the NFL is going to have. Right, exactly. So why would you trade Baker Mayfield at this point, knowing that you're the guy that you just brought in could be suspended next year? Yeah, that's why I think Baker Mayfield's not going anywhere. The same thing with uh, Garoppolo. I don't think Garoppolo goes anywhere either because you know what? The time to trade these guys, the guy, the time to trade the Debo's and the Garoppolo's of the world would be now during the draft. Right now, you can't. I, the draft is done. Yeah, so, where's, where's the where's the value in the trades? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think I Garoppolo Garoppolo stays. And listening to the radio today, um, a lot of NFL insiders say that Trey Lance is not exactly ready. He still needs another year. You got Garoppolo there. Yeah, run true. it back. Run it back with him one more year, and then let him go afterwards. And then bring in Trey Lance, and away you go. So um yeah, I that, mean, you know, honestly, if we had the money here, the Giants, I think the Giants probably would have like traded for Garoppolo too, if they if they had the money for him. Yeah, if they had the yeah. cash space. That's that's anyway. the problem with the Giants. That's the problem with the Giants. So, all right, and that's the NFL for you. You know, well, so. it's 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 been dope, and you know, like right now, as far as the NFL goes, uh, you know, it's funny because the NFL doesn't feel like the NFL news ever like really really sleeps. There's still so much stuff that happens. Like, dude, mini camp is like two weeks away. Like yeah, so you know, um, you know, before you know, we're gonna be talking football again. But yeah, right now it's it's all about bas- basketball. It's all about it's all about baseball. So, um, thankfully, it's not about basketball because basketball is like, oh my gosh, between between the Nets and the Knicks. I'm so done with the basketball drama. We I'm haven't glad. heard a yeah. peep about the Knicks, right? Yeah, no, thanks. So, thankfully, yeah, I don't I want know. to hear. I don't want, I do not want to hear about anything about the Knicks. So. Nothing, nothing. So, which kind of yeah. scares me, to be honest with you, because I feel like they should have made moves immediately at the end of the season. But yeah. Anyway, right, we'll see. All right. Well, that's the show thank you guys for uh sticking around all the way to the end please once again like rate share and subscribe um we are going to try to bring this to you guys on a weekly regular basis once again um sorry for the uh, hiatus that we took uh things have been crazy of course um but while we we're still kind of in like this phase of of building this show um kind of getting our fan base going uh with the uh the sports casting and everything so um i have a ton of fun doing it i know walt has a lot of ton- uh, fun doing it but we can't do it without you guys the listeners so uh please uh please you know share sh- share us to all your friends <laughs> yes do that <laughs> all right with that said i think i think we out yeah i think so ball game so. over gabe and walt out peace <laughs>